1: My next guest is Linda Duffy. Linda, hi. How are, how are you, you today?
0: I'm great. How are you doing?
1: Linda, you're with Ethos Human Capital Solutions, right? Yes. And we're going to talk about how to get the best return on investment from your human capital. And before we get into that, I always like to ask my guests, tell us a little bit about Linda. Tell us about you and your background and how you got how you got to where you are today.
2: Sure. Um, I'm actually a native uh, Californian, grew up right here in Orange County. And when I graduated from Oxnell College in L.A., really didn't have a big plan and simply answered an ad in the paper back then for a personnel clerk. I had done my work in sociology and political science and just sort of fell into it and found that I loved it. So right place, right time. I was with a manufacturing company not too far from here and just right place, right time and learned a lot and just stayed with the company actually for about 14 years until I was head of H.R and responsible for that and safety and a little bit of the legal affairs.
1: That's a great story. What got you to uh, think about starting Ethos Human Capital Solutions?
2: You know, I had been in a a lot of different industries and in different positions and had been exposed. I'd always had sort of that entrepreneurial spirit. I'd had side businesses and done things on the side, but it was just time to start my own business. And I really saw a need for a lot of entrepreneurs and small businesses that didn't really need a full-time HR person, but certainly needed a strategic advisor and some advice in that area. Uh, and so, you know, the time was right. I felt like I had learned everything I needed to learn to be successful in my own business, and so I launched it in 2007.
1: Very good. And uh, your so your niche is coming into companies that say, I don't need, I don't have the resources, or maybe I'm not big enough for full time, but I still need to comply with all the rules, regulations, guidelines, take care of all this stuff, Linda handle it for me. How do you do it? What do you do?
2: Right. I mean, we've got three parts of our business. Um, About half is recruiter, uh, doing recruiting for different businesses. And that could be any size business. I mean, I've had billion-dollar worldwide companies down to you know, small mom and pop shops. Um, but for the consulting part and the training part, um, the consulting is mostly family-owned business or founder-led businesses for us. About 80 percent, they have unique, different, <laughs> sort of sometimes crazy-making things that go on. Um, they're so passionate about what they do. Mm-hmm. But they don't know what they don't know, right? Just like I wouldn't know how to go in and you know make their product for them, they don't know what the laws are. It's hard to keep up with them. So we can do that on, in a variety of different ways. Some of our clients have us on a retainer where we can—they can just call us anytime they want to. Sometimes it's project-based work. You know, they just need us to come in, maybe create a handbook or something like that. Or, you know, I'm working with a client right now. It's a small law firm, actually, where the managing partner just doesn't feel like they're being productive. They're not working as a team. So I'm going in and I'm working with the employees and interviewing them and trying to determine what the issue is or issues are so we can um, get them back on track.
1: And the employers, of course, they do well to hire someone like you because the environment's always changing. The laws are always changing. Uh I've talked about this before, but it's like the employer has a target on their back. And the employees, uh, if things go wrong, they have all the rights to, to sue or make things very difficult. And even if it's a trivial type of a thing, it has to be defended. So prevention is really what this is all about, right, is making sure that we're Doing everything correctly up front, right?
2: Absolutely. That's a large part of it. So certainly, you know, especially in California, it's it's one of the hardest states in the nation, if not the hardest, Mm -hmm. to just stay in compliance. And it's so litigious, right? So like you said before, anybody can file even just, you know, the most ridiculous claim, to be honest with you. And it still has to be defended. And I tell my clients all the time, you can do everything right and still get yourself sued even just you know the most ridiculous claim to be honest with you and it still has to be defended and I tell my clients all the time you can do everything right and still get yourself sued so the you know as much as you can upfront um... in compliance that will help but really it's also about having a relationship with your employees so you know, hopefully, if something does happen and you part company, you know they, you know, it's amicable and it doesn't have to be litigious.
1: So, in your uh, materials, we talked on the phone before this interview. We talked about getting the best ROI out of your employees what does that mean to you and, and how do employers get the best return on investment from their employees?
2: Well, a variety of things, but most importantly, they need to think of their employees as they do any other asset, right? For most employers, especially my clients, it's the largest item in their budget, payroll is. So unless, you know, you're, you have a lot of automated equipment or you carry a lot of inventory or something like that, it is the single largest item. And yet how much time and effort and focus do you really have on it and for most employers not a lot and not enough right? right so for me getting that return is trying to make your employees as productive and efficient as possible to increase your revenue and your profits
1: okay and what are a couple examples of ways that people can do that
2: well I certainly have some tips for them that we'll talk about okay um, you know Again, it's it's developing that relationship. It's effective communication, which sounds sort of trite and sort of, you know, like everyone says, oh, improve communication. But, like, let's take this this law firm I mentioned that I was at yesterday that I'm working with. It You know, after just talking with a couple of employees, it became really clear that while the managing partner is wondering why they're not working as a team, I asked some employees, when was the last time you had, like, a team meeting with, you know, with the founder? Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, I think it was a couple of years ago. And so there's just a breakdown in communication. People don't know what's going on. I think another thing they can do is to align everybody strategically. So have a really clear uh, vision for your organization. Have strategic goals. Have some values that will support those. And then make sure that those strategic goals are rolled down throughout the organization so everybody feels like they're in alignment. So it doesn't matter if you're the most entry-level person. How does your role align with that strategic vision? What can you do on a daily basis to help the company achieve its goals? And I think that that's lost on a lot of employers out there.
1: So it's it's what you communicate, how you communicate, when you communicate, everything has to do with methods of communication. Yeah, a, like a, absolutely. Big, a big part of it. A big part of and it. Pr- and documenting that you've made those communications is hugely important, correct? Right, I mean, from
2: a compliance standpoint, yes. definitely. Yeah. Right. When it comes to um, you know everything that you're required in the state or by federal law to do, uh,
1: document everything. Document everything. Well, you heard it there. <laughs> you probably heard it before, people out there. Um, uh, what are some of the signs that a, an employer is not maximizing their ROI? What are, When you walk into a situation and you see, okay, I know I can fix this, what are some of the common things you see that need to be fixed?
2: Breakdown in communication, for sure. S- sometimes it manifests by you know people that aren't getting along, because it's not always at the top. It could be just coworkers aren't getting along. There's some sort of loss of productivity, revenue. anything like that so it's really up to the business owner to figure out you know, and tell me like this is what's going on but when I get in there I start asking questions I'll usually uncover other things like the causation is a lot lower It's like they may look at the surface and they'll say oh my revenues down but when you start drilling down and figuring out okay so why you know why your sales down or why your costs up or you know whatever is going on there's it's going to tie back to employees someplace.
1: It's all about the employees. I'm talking with Linda Duffy of Ethos Human Capital Solutions. And we're going to take a brief commercial break. And when we come back, I want to ask you about a couple client stories and some tips, ideas, and precautions for our listeners. We'll be right back after this minute. Your people are your human capital. Are you getting the best return on your investment with more than 30 years in human resources and business leadership experience? The professionals at Ethos Human Capital Solutions have found that the best companies have certain traits and practices in common. Visit www.ethoshcs.com to take our free self-assessment and see how your organization compares to the top companies and most sought-after employees. That's www.ethoshcs.com. E T H O S hcs.com
0: Hi, everybody, this is Spike Reel for The Exit Coach. Business owners, can you name the eight key value drivers that you and your managers should be focusing on to increase the value of your business? Introducing the Sellability Score Index. Visit our website and answer 25 questions about your business, and you will instantly receive your Sellability Score, showing you how well you stack up in the eight value driver areas. It's a great management tool, it's absolutely free for our listeners. Just visit ExitCoachRadio.com and click Get My Sellability Score.
1: All right, let's get back to those tips and suggestions, Bill. Well, welcome back, friends. Just a reminder that to hear the highlights of this interview and to listen to all the interviews and highlights of our many past guests, please visit us online at exacoachradio.com where we upload new content every day. I am talking with Linda Duffy of Ethos Human Capital Solutions. Linda, uh, if you could give us a couple client stories of a client maybe that you came across and uh, they were in need of your services. Uh, what did you do for them and what was the outcome? Just give us a good example of that.
2: Sure. One of the things that I actually really love doing is working on mergers and acquisitions because uh, a lot of times, again, the HR component, the human capital component, is just overlooked. The well, lawyers and the business owners and everybody are focused on the dollars and the legal aspects, and they forget that there's a very emotional employee base <laughs> that has a lot of fear, because they don't know what's going on with it. So, um, you know, one example is a manufacturing company um, here out in Corona, and the business broker that originally was helping the owner sell it actually became the owner, as it turned out. and he brought us in to do not only the upfront due diligence part to you know to just verify what he's buying and is he actually you know walking into trouble or not but then after that brought us in to actually help with that acquisition and help with the integration process so we could come in and we could work with the employees we can you know technically fire them and rehire them because that's the actual process you go through but we came up with sort of the talking points for the employee meeting and how to uh, explain to the employees and how to reassure them about what was going on and then we've been their ongoing HR support ever since.
1: Great story so in that situation they just really needed someone to guide them through this whole process and do it correctly and do what they needed to do
2: right and they don't want any turnover and so that's the big thing is making sure that you're dealing with the employees and providing them with the certainty that they need so they don't walk out the door because there's a lot of change in their life and especially when it's the founder selling right because that's all they know that's dad in this case right this is the person that they know love trust and he's leaving and that's a very emotional thing that's a sense of loss for employees and they go through all of those stages of grieving you know that everybody knows about, right? So helping them through that process to make sure that they don't walk out the door and you don't lose that human capital um, is a big part of the MA process.
1: How small of a client do you work with? What's the smallest number of employees that you tend to get involved with in a client situation?
2: We work with all size employers. We will help people hire their first employee. I get those phone calls every once in a while. I would say, you know, our average headcount is somewhere in the 30 to 100 range Mm -hmm. um but i would we definitely have a lot of smaller employers that have one five ten employees
1: which is a a critical part because the owner's probably so busy doing what they do that's why they need these employees coming in and, and to help out and then you can come in and put some structure around all that to help them and that will help help them ultimately grow easier as well i would think right
2: Absolutely. So they don't need a lot of infrastructure. I mean, I get calls sometimes where someone says, I've got two employees, will you write a handbook for me? And I say, honestly, talk to your two employees. You don't need a handbook. You know, when you get to 10 employees or something like that, you you need a lot more of the infrastructure and a lot more standardization and things like that. But early on, don't overkill. You know what I mean? Don't make it so bureaucratic that it is difficult for you or for the employees. Just talk to them, you know, make your decisions, be fairly consistent about it and you'll be fine.
1: Great. Uh, Great, great tips. Thank you, Linda. Uh, How about some tips or ideas or precautions for our listeners? We have a large number of, especially age 50 plus business owners out there, but uh, all types and sizes of businesses across the country. What kind of tips would you give them when it comes to dealing with their employees and working with someone like yourself?
2: You know, I think the first tip I would have is think of your employees or your human capital as an asset and make sure you're getting the right return on that asset or investment, right? What's your ROI? These assets are assets that walk home every night, unlike, you know, your equipment Mm -hmm. or anything else in your building, Um, but like I mentioned earlier, payroll is often the largest line item in the budget, and so you want to make sure that you're focused on it. Um, The other thing about human capital assets is they're actually the only asset that appreciates over time instead of depreciates over time. So they're going to uh, develop new knowledge, skills, and abilities. They're just going to be tribal knowledge or organizational knowledge that takes a long time to replace when it walks out the door. And so anything that you can do to develop those assets is great and to make sure that you're getting the right ROI or ROA whatever it is you want you know choose some metrics for your industry for your organization and measure them it may be um, sales dollar you know revenue per payroll dollar or through you know revenue per full-time headcount something like that it could be error rates it could be productivity per employee whatever is appropriate for your organization
1: is that an area that you can help employers to help them figure out where to go to get those metrics or what would be reasonable
2: yeah absolutely I mean we have you know we can come in and again look at the business. Um, You know, I get pretty involved with the CEO or the business owner to actually understand the business. The human capital part is obviously my specialty, but I like to get involved and really understand how their business operates and take a look at those numbers to make sure that they're trending in the right direction.
1: How important are formal reviews with employees in your your mind? Well, it's
2: fairly important. I would say more important than making it, again, overly burdensome is just the employees need feedback. You know, that's what happens, Bill, is, you know, I talk to employees all the time and they say like, oh, nobody tells me I'm doing a good job. You know, nobody tells me I'm doing a bad job. They just, they're sort of floating out there. And I don't know how you improve things if nobody's telling you where you might be off track.
1: Yeah. And what I hear is nobody tells me I'm doing a good job, but everybody tells me I'm doing a bad job.
2: (laughs) Sometimes that's the case for sure. depends on the manager.
1: Yeah. Uh, What's your input on some of these human engineering things like Myers-Briggs and some of these other types of things? Is there, do you put any credence in any of those when people are saying, I want to hire somebody, but I don't know what qualities to hire. Uh, Do you help them in that way, or do you refer them to somebody else for that type of thing?
2: Well, we do use some assessments. Um, You know, like the Myers-Briggs is great. I prefer the DISC assessment, Mm that's behavioral nature. Uh It's not a predictive hiring tool, so we don't use it for hiring. But we do use it to train managers in particular, and that's sort of my second tip is train your managers, right? Uh, The Gallup organization has done extensive research um, regarding employee engagement. And what they found was the number one reason employees leave the organization is not compensation, which everybody says. It's actually because of their boss. And so the best thing you can do for your organization is to invest in training, developing, actually invest in recruiting the right boss first, but, but invest in training, developing the managers so they have the right skills to develop talent, identify talent, motivate talent, um, and just manage it and give performance feedback.
1: Great. So some of those things can really help to build a team, especially if you're looking, for instance, what I've heard before is if you're, if you're building a sailboat, you don't need four sails and no rudder. <laughs> you need a wide variety of tasks and talents to come together to build a team, and some of that those things can help.
2: And that that's absolutely the case, and that's what one of the things I like about DISC. You can use it to build teams. Um, everybody has a different perspective and how they like to communicate, what their preferred uh, communication style is, mm-hmm. and what I found when I go into organizations and and do training using DISC as a foundation, people stop taking any sort of conflict personally. You know, like if you and I are having a conversation and it's not going well, you know, a lot of times someone will personalize it, you know, and you might say, oh, that Linda, you know, she's this horrible person or something, right? When in reality, you know, my style of communication is just different from yours. Right. And so the disc teaches us how to understand what our needs are in communication, how to sort of people read everybody else to say, oh, okay, this is Bill's style and this is what he needs, and then close that gap if one exists.
1: And back to that, communication is everything. Yes. Linda, in our last minute, could you tell our listeners, how do they, get in touch with you what's the best way to get in touch with you and if it's your website for instance what, what do they find when they get there
2: sure um, my website basically breaks down our business into three or four different buckets so we have recruiting which is about 50% of our business and then we do the HR consulting training and some mentoring as well so in some instances they do have a, an HR staff but maybe they need a higher level leadership in HR so the website is ethos hcs.com dot e-
1: spell, spell that out for yeah, us yeah
2: e-t-h- shcs.com. That's for Human Capital Solutions, um, and they can also send me an email at linda@ethosshcs.com. At and
1: you have a 11-step assessment type of a tool. Is that on, available on your website, or is that something you can touch with you on?
2: Yeah, absolutely. If they go to the resources page on my website, we actually have a whole bunch of different, uh, complimentary downloads. In addition to the self-assessment for the organization, um, there's also some success profiles, which is how we start every recruiting job. Is to to identify what people have to do to be successful.
1: Excellent. Linda, thank you very much for a great interview. I really appreciate you coming down.
2: Thank you so much.
1: I've been talking with Linda Duffy of Ethos Human Capital Solutions, and we're going to take a short break. When I come back, my guest will be Paul Cronin. So please stay tuned. At
0: ExitCoachRadio.com, we're interviewing over 100 top advisors to get you one-minute tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new content daily at 6 a.m. and 1 p.m. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio.